Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Oh, I saw that one coming. That was the Fear Fighters with Miss the Misery. That is from the soundtrack to Real Steel. I'm not sure how much of that is in Real Steel, but it is in there. Welcome to another movie mashup on GFM 107.1. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about Insidious, The Last Key, uh, Early Man. That's the latest Aardman animation that came out earlier this year. And Downsizing, Alexander Payne's latest with Matt Damon. Uh, also, movies that are on TV this weekend. What's on at local venues, some DVD picks. Stuff and nonsense, rubbish as I think of it. Uh, but here's another here's another track. This is from what's this from? Um, oh, that's annoying. I don't have that. Oh yes, I do. Yes, of course I do. There it is. It is from. Oh, come on. Oh, the way way back. And this is uh, Robert Palmer with Sneaking Sally through the alley. Oh, I nearly got that one. That was uh, Song Two by Blur. That's not actually as far as I know, from a movie soundtrack. But it is on the... Uh, I don't know if you remember this. You went to the cinema in the late 90s, early 2000s, and there was a teaser trailer for Paul Verhoeven's um, Starship Troopers. And they used a little bit of Song 2 on that, and it was very, very effective. And I remember that since then. Um, and before that, we had uh, Robert Palmer with Sneaking Sally Through the Alley. That's from The Way, Way Back. Okay, so first movie this week is Insidious, The Last Key. It's a 2018 American supernatural horror film directed by Adam Robitel, written by Lee Wannell. It's produced by Jason Blum, Oren Pelly, and James Wan. It's the fourth installment in the Insidious franchise and the second in the chronology of the story running through the series. So the first, I think, was the third chapter. So this is, yeah... It's confusing. Um, this movie stars Lynn Shay, uh, who I think has been in all of these um, up till now. Angus Sampson, Lee Wannell, Spencer Locke, uh, Caitlin Gerard, and Bruce Davison. And the film follows parapsychologist Elise Rayner as she investigates a haunting in her childhood home. So this kind of th- this kind of brings things back full circle. We see uh, the events that have been alluded to previously in this series we see them play out we see uh, stuff happen that has been talked about uh, it's very effective um, you know I'm unashamedly a big fan of these films I think they're very effective uh, interesting stories I think that the, that, um, the first two probably had the starriest cast um, chapter three I thought was, was very interesting and this is no exception I think um, I think if you don't like this type of horror movie, so, you know, um, film critic Mark Kermode calls these movies horror films for people who don't like horror films, which I think is a little bit sneery, a little bit sneery. Um, I disagree with that. I think they are, they have a place in the world. I think that they, they do well at the box office. So they're shot on very modest budgets, uh, considering what I think, you know, they end up looking very good indeed. So this was shot for 10 million it took 167.5, which is very good. So another one is in the works, apparently. Um, so this movie starts off in 1953, in which we see um, Elise as a young girl coming to terms with her powers 
and she um, this is the first time she meets a demon called Keyface, who's an interesting character. Uh, and then we cut to the present day, and somebody rings her and says, the house that you used to live in, there's weird stuff happening here, and I want you to come and help me. So this is how, how it kind of brings it full circle. Um, we've got the previous two characters, who I think have been, been in all of these things, um, who I refer to as the Scooby Gang. So uh, writer and director Lee Wannell, is one of them. Angus Sampson is the other. Uh, they make for an engaging couple, you know, sort of um, pratfalls and general um, slightly incompetent um, behaviour, but, you know, it's it all adds to the, to the ambiance of the thing. Uh, there were, I think, fewer jump scares in this movie, although there are some jump scares. I think what, it, what this movie does very well is it, have, it has a really interesting story that wraps up nicely at the end. Um, it's quite emotionally resonant in a way. Um, I think that all of the, all of the uh, principles are very good. I think um, the director of this one, Adam Robitel, uh, does a decent job. Uh, I, you know, I think that it's, it's, not, it's not as good as the first one, which I think is, is still the best, but uh, it's definitely as good as um, the last, uh, you know, the third chapter and, and the second. So if you like these things and you didn't see it at the cinema, it's out now on DVD and Blu-ray. Check it out. I enjoyed it. I watched it with my wife over the weekend. We both um, jumped in all the right places, I think, and enjoyed it a lot. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it has uh, an approval rating of 32%, which says that the film offers franchise star Lin Shay another welcome opportunity to take the lead, but her efforts aren't enough to rescue this uninspired sequel. I disagree. I think that uh, I, th- I really enjoyed this. I thought it was g- it's good fun. It's got a lot going for it. And it's rated 15. And another one is in the works, apparently. I mean... As long as people keep going to see these things and they keep making money, they'll keep making more of them, I suppose, until they decide that they don't want to do that anymore. Okay, that was Errol Garner with the track called The Best Things in Life Are Free. That is from They Shoot Horses, Don't They? Which is one of my TV movie picks of the week. That's not on TV very often. Okay, so next movie this week is Early Man. It's a 2018 British non uh, sorry, non-stop, stop-motion animated historical sports comedy film. Yes, really. Directed by Nick Park, written by Mark Burton and James Higginson, and starring the voices of Eddie Redmayne, Tom Hiddleston, Maisie Williams and Timothy Spall. And the film follows a tribe of uh, primitive Stone Age valley dwellers who have to defend their land from bronze-using invaders in an association football match. Yes, really, that is the plot. Um, so this came out earlier this year. Uh, I'm just looking to see when. It was in January this year. Uh, had a budget of $50 million, took 53.4, which isn't great. I mean, I suppose it just scraped past there. Um, but... The plot is that an asteroid collides with with prehistoric Earth, causing the extinction of the planet's dinosaurs, but sparing a tribe of cavemen living in a valley nearby. Yeah, we're we're kind of in um, 10,000 BC territory here, with cavemen and dinosaurs inhabiting the same space. But anyway, the dinosaurs get killed off, but the cavemen survive, and they survive in um, uh, a valley where they remain untouched until the appearance of some Bronze Age humans led by 
Tom Hiddleston's Lord Nuth, who is a bit of a jerk and wants to um, put them all to work in his mine as slaves. They're pretty unhappy about that. So the leader of the uh, the group, well, actually, not really the leader, the the chief's son, played by Eddie Redmayne, he challenges the um, Bronze Age folks to a game of football to decide whether they'll be going to the mine or not, and also whether they can go home to their valley. This is something that Lord Nuth agrees to because, you know, he's got something up his sleeve. Uh, we're not sure what that is. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Um, uh, and uh, then the, the story plays out with them being trained by a character called Guna, who is uh, one of the Bronze Age people, but she's unhappy. She is played by Maisie Williams, and she is unhappy that women are not allowed to play for the Bronze Age team. So she sets out to help the Stone Age team to train them. That's the plot. It's pretty simple. Um, I really enjoyed this. It's light and breezy. It's everything you expect from Aardman. So it's not at all demanding. It's very funny. It's got all of the Aardman trademark sight gags and you know, verbal de- dexterity that you expect from the creators of Wallace and Gromit. I think this is a better movie than Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists by quite a long way, which I admit I did enjoy, but hasn't really stuck in my mind since I saw it. Whereas I think that um, Curse of the Were-Rabbit remains an absolute stone-cold classic. Um, But yes, I really like this. I think the voice cast are fantastic, so Eddie Redmayne is great. Tom Hiddleston shows um, a real flair for comedy here, something that I... I'd never really expected from him, although I think he is you know, quite a funny person in real life. But he certainly brings those chops to this film you know, with good effect. There's also a very good supporting cast, including uh, Timothy Spall, Johnny Vegas, Richard Ayoade, uh, Mark Williams. Um, yeah, very strong supporting cast indeed. Rob Brydon pops up as a message bird it's very effective um yeah it's good stuff i really enjoyed it i think that um maybe not enough people went to see this uh, it sort of came out in january which is i'd say traditionally the time when oscar bait type movies come out and maybe it got lost in all that hubbub it's quite possible but uh, it's definitely worth a look if you enjoy Ardman, if you enjoy wallace and gromit you will enjoy this a great deal so um on rotten tomatoes it's got an 82 percent rating with the consensus reading, the film isn't quite as evolved, you see what they did there, as Ardman's best work, but still retains the unique visuals and sweet humour that have made the studio a favourite among animation enthusiasts. Yeah, it certainly has all of that. I think that it is. It, I mean, it's not as good as Curse of the Were-Rabbit, but then again, very few films are. But it is definitely better than Pirates and an Adventure with Scientists, and it's way better than... What was that thing about the rats in the sewers? What was that? Flushed away. It's way better than that, which was pretty ropey. Um, and it's rated PG. Oh, I think people are having a jape in the studio there. That was uh, New Hope Club, a um, band I've not previously heard of, with uh, ver- their version of Mud's Tiger Feet. Before that was uh, the Kaiser Chiefs with I Predict a Riot. They're both on the soundtrack of Early Man, I talked about just before that. Okay, so final movie this week is Downsizing. It's a 2017 American science fiction comedy drama film directed by Alexander Payne, 
written by Payne and Jim Taylor, and starring Matt Damon, Christoph Waltz, Hong Chow, and Kristen Wiig. Also, Udo Kier is in this as well. It tells the story of a couple who decide to undertake a newly invented procedure to shrink their bodies so they can start a new life in an experimental community. But when the wife, played by Kristen Wiig, refuses the procedure at the last minute, the husband, played by Matt Damon, has to reassess his life and choices after befriending an impoverished activist, played by Hong Chow. So, this is Alexander Payne's latest. If you are not sure who he is, then uh, he's made things along the lines of uh, Sideways, which I think is probably his most famous movie with Paul Giamatti and um, Thomas Hayden Church. Really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm trying to think what else he's made recently, actually. Uh, Oh, yeah, Nebraska. Really enjoyed that Um, with Bruce Dern, The Descendants about Schmidt and election. So um, he likes a road movie, does Alexander Payne. This isn't a road movie. This is, this is an interesting idea. So that there is an interesting idea at the heart of this film in which, you know, we all know that um, the Earth's human population is, some would say, out of control and there's too many people on the planet. Uh, we're using too many resources and too much space So uh, at the beginning of the film, we see a preamble of a technology that's been invented to shrink anything, in fact, not just humans, but also any life form, to a much smaller size. So we're talking um, about the height of... I I struggle to try and explain this, actually, to my wife, but um, uh, how high is it? About the high as a sort of salt and pepper shaker that you would find in a in a restaurant or something like that. I'll try and think of a better analogy in a moment. But, um, yeah, so that's the idea. They, people get shrunk, then they, they can move into a special community that's just for small people, or the small, as they are known, where they live out the rest of their lives using their savings, which are worth a lot more. So most people don't actually do any work because they don't need to. They live in massive mansions and uh, they live the good life in their small world. Um However, of course, there is a darker underbelly to all of this, and that is that what happens to the people who've been made small who don't have much money, or the people who've been made small who are just there to work, what happens to them? So um, that's where Hong Chow comes into this. She is an activist who is trying to draw people's attention to the plight of small people who are struggling in life. Uh, and, you know, are not living the good life like everybody else is. So, you know, we see that inequality exists even in this land of the small. I won't give too many other spoilers away, but uh, Christoph Waltz is in this, hamming it up as ever. Does he ever do anything else? Um, But it's great to see Udo Kier, who I really enjoy in pretty much anything. Um, This film is very much a film of two halves. So the... The idea behind it is really interesting. I think that when Matt Damon gets made small and goes into the community, the kind of challenges that he comes up against are really interesting and well handled. But for me, it went off the rails about halfway through when it introduced this other plot line to do with what happens to the people who are made small who are not doing well. That is a little bit unfocused. Actually, it's a lot unfocused. It makes the film a heck of a lot longer 
there's then a third plot line that appears that's to do with the the inventors of this technology coming back to try and do something with it and that for me didn't work either so i think the first third of the film is really interesting it's well paced and then for me it just slow, slowly started to fall apart and it's almost as if there's three different ideas in here all struggling for attention and none of them are really making any headway in that regard that's a real shame because i think that if they'd stuck to one of these ideas and ran with it it would have been a really interesting film as it is it's a bit of a muddled mess of a movie um despite people's best efforts um it's a shame i do like alexander payne i like all of the uh, principles in this film um it's just a shame that it doesn't work not for me anyway um on rotten tomatoes it has a rating of 51 percent and it says that the film assembles a talented cast in pursuit of some truly interesting ideas which may be enough for some audiences to forgive the final product's frustrating shortcomings that is true you might find that you are not frustrated by this but i was massively frustrated by it uh, it's such a shame uh, and it's rated 15 dvd picks so this is things these are things that are available right now or will be available from monday and the big, big, big release this week is um, Marvel's Black Panther. That's out in uh, 2D, 3D, 4K, whatever. Um, and there's a movie called 120 BPM, which is supposed to be very good. Uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire with Denzel Washington is out. And there's a new Blu-ray of uh, Little Big Man with Dustin Hoffman. So those are things that are right now. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.